Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome to. Our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash process to perform. Aman is still in Nebraska, getting ready for his first year there as esports coach, uh, mentor. I think he's uh, teaching a class, so amazing stuff going on with him. Want to start with this is a great divisional round, but I want to start with our, our sponsor, betonline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season, everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, esports, and more. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use your promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards, betonline.ag, betonline.ag, where the game starts. And <clears throat> not much news going on. Listen, I know Mike, I think Mike Florio or pro, the pro, whatever, the pro football talk guy, um, you know, or no, 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 it wasn't him. Who was it? Oh, it was, that, it was Schefter. Schefter came out and said, well, hey, uh, both sides know their trade could be possible. Like, uh, that guy is an absolute legend. Um, he's broken some incredible stories. Uh, recently, it seems like, he does an incredible job of going on on shows or anything and saying absolutely nothing except for common sense stuff. But maybe he's got a source in there that's that's telling him very specifically, hey, Aaron Rodgers knows he can be traded and the Green Bay Packers do as well. Fantastic. Let's move on. Um, this is a great weekend. Uh, I, let's just go right to tape, guys, because uh, there's so much stuff going on with these different teams. And, and as we look forward to next weekend now after we see these games, some really, really interesting things are going to come out of not only the winners, but also the losers for these these uh, these matchups. So let's start with the uh, the Chiefs Jags. Chiefs won this game twenty seven to twenty. This was actually a really close game until closer to the end. Let's see if I can pop this in here, and I've already screwed it up. So I kind of look at this as Chiefs avoided the upset more than anything else. Um, we saw the fumble down at the six yard line in the fourth quarter, and then Trevor Lawrence threw the pick to end at the end, but. Really, really good game. You know, Doug Pease does such a good job with the uh, the young quarterback there in Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think, you know, the problem is, somebody was just asking me, is Trevor Lawrence going to be the face of the future? He's, you know, obviously the first-round pick last year and everything. The hard part is, and we'll see some of these guys in display now, but you look at the AFC and you think about, okay, Trevor Lawrence and Doug P are doing a, some great stuff over there. And clearly Doug's, you know, has Super Bowl championships as a player and a coach. He's he's groomed some quarterbacks to win Super Bowl championships um, Trevor's got all the talent. It looks like he's a great leader. I mean, there's just a lot going on there. He had a terrible first year under Urban Meyer as far as not maybe terrible with um, his play, but terrible with the situation they were in. The AFC, when you look at talent at the quarterback position and the quarterback drives the, you know, the, the, these teams, especially in the AFC more than maybe more than the NFC, I don't know how you get past now Joe Burrow slash Patrick Mahomes at one and two or one A. Josh Allen at number three. I don't know how you get past all these guys to get to the promised land. Um, 
they've got a good young team. I really like their edge rushers. Uh, I really like what they're doing. I like Travis Etienne. You just love some of their players, right? Uh, Brandon, bringing Brandon Sheriff in there at right guard was a huge windfall for this team. They're a couple of players away. Um, I, I show this one, and I show this Frank Clark flattens the uh, 72 here. Uh, 72's foot slips. They showed this play over and over and over because he got tripped. But like your foot slips sometimes. You get in this position, man, it's a bad look. I've been there. I've done that. You trip him at the end. Hopefully they don't call it. Bloopers, man. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that they need to improve on. So it looks like, it appears as if this is a play-action pass. It looks like the left guard is looking at 50. And the, and the center, whether they're double team in nine, number 91, is taking a look at the middle linebacker, 32. They get on a different page. Both bounce off and just give up an easy – this is an easy sack. So when you think about how to help your quarterback early in the game, this is not the answer, right? So it's okay to lose physical matchups. You never want to lose, like, mentally. You never want to have an assignment bust. And clearly there it looks like they had an assignment bust. Frank Clark here, uh, just he found like the fountain of youth in this game, had the last play, had a couple sacks, had this tackle for loss. But really, like when you how do you know a guy's back? So he ends up making this play, but check this out. He does the uh the rock right before he does the rock bottom, jumps up, up and at it, right? You look at this play again, and they're starting a younger player here on Jacksonville. I believe this is Luke Fortner. So he was a third round draft pick of the 2022 draft. And what they tell you when you're coming out, this is like, this is, this is offensive lineman 101, right? So you get out there and they go, okay, look, you're going to do this, uh, you know, 1,000, 2,000 to go on these screen plays and just kind of make it look like you're not going anywhere. So watch this guy. He kind of tiptoes out there. And it's kind of like acting like, da, 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 and then realizes like, oh shoot, man, I just got outflanked by the linebackers in coverage. <laughs> he ends up making the play, and this is you know the one we just showed, but too funny, man. <laughs> That's like every also if you ever played offensive line, you've heard that in the meeting room. Like, I right, just kind of don't like let him know you're going too early. So it's almost like you see him kind of tiptoeing out there, like I'm not really going out here to make the play. Before you know, it's like, oh man, that guy's better a better athlete than I am. He's out leveraged me. This is what I think that the, the Jaguars, if you just start talking about what maybe more they could have done. The Chiefs sat in a lot of too high, a lot of cover two, and basically just challenged uh, Jacksonville to beat them down the middle, and they didn't really try. This is one of the plays that I thought they could have tried to capitalize on this, not only from a throw standpoint, maybe leading them into open space more and set it into the safety, but just more along the lines of, how many times can we challenge the middle of the field, maybe with four verticals and, you know, a skinny post or something, but a lot with that middle field open look, get some more plays in the middle, because although this isn't a play that connects, you see the opportunities because now you're pulling that safety away for the outside. We just didn't have a lot of that. You look at this next play. And if you're looking at it from Trevor Lawrence's standpoint, like he doesn't have anywhere to go with the ball right now. I know he could throw some check down. Sure. But they're, you know, this is touchdown area. You're trying to make some plays here and you look at that middle of the field. And this was literally all day. It felt like where these safeties are widening their middle linebacker. Isn't turning and running with anyone. He's playing the eyes of Trevor Lawrence. A lot of teams this weekend are playing the eyes of the quarterback, by the way, like more so than even the San Francisco 49ers sitting back playing the eyes of, of, uh, Dak Prescott, but we're playing eyes a lot, a lot of middle field open looks and just not a lot of people going and attacking the middle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought it was a mistake they made in this game. 
And then you see kind of some young stuff. This is a, this is one of Trevor Lawrence's. This is the interception. But you just look at when you bring an extra man and the, the center and right guard are going to the linebacker. So this guy's a free runner. If you have a, a, a scat protection, which means the the line, the, excuse me, the running back is going to release to the outside here. Then very simply, like, you got to throw hot, right? And they bring everybody and you've got two guys open. And it's, it, these are quick plays. This is processing, right? But instead of going for it, throwing the pick, maybe not being ready for that play, it's just little things like that. And what we'll see is as you move forward in the in the NFL, and you move forward in the divisional playoff uh, rounds here, and specifically I'm going to talk right now about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow makes that play right now 100 out of 100 times. And I think that's the difference right now in the AFC. Now, Chad Henney comes in, Patrick Mahomes, high ankle sprain. And for anybody who's you know questioning whether or not he's going to play next week, I don't think there's any questions he's going to play. He is going to be limited. We'll talk about that probably in depth on our Thursday show with Amon. But just know that he will be able to play. He will be limited. That is going to affect the outcome of the game because Joe Burrow is a better pocket passer than Patrick Mahomes. You hear it here first. Chad Henney comes in. We're going to show this drive because this is really a demonstration of you know how good Andy Reid is and how good this offense is, what a great job the offensive line did, the running game, et cetera. We start off, so you're on the one-yard line going out. And you got you got uh, Travis Kelsey inside slot on the three-by-one. And they got two guys bracketing him. Like, they know you want to go to Travis. Chad Henney wants to go to Travis Kelsey down here, right? You want to get this easy completion. But instead of doing anything dramatic, they just this is what Andy Reid does. When Travis Kelsey says, I get open because Andy Reid gets me open, I have Andy Reid on my side, this is what he's talking about. Nothing fancy. Hey, take two steps and turn around. Get the ball. That's five yards. Fall forward. It's five yards. It's simple stuff with this guy. They don't overthink it. Andy Reid's not trying to do anything. They've got a lot of trick plays. They've got the snow globe play. they got all that stuff. But at the, at, at the start and the end of this, they do a phenomenal job of just getting their players open. It could be on, they can be over on the line of scrimmage. They could be five yards downfield. They could be 50 yards downfield. They just get them open. You see a great run here. You'll notice that the safety came down. We're going to show this from the end zone. This is an offensive line thing. Mike Flanagan actually talked about this on the show last week. <clears throat> the center and the right guard understand that if that linebacker is shifted over inside of the, the, the defensive tackle over the center on his left shoulder, that somebody has to fill the B-gap on the backside. That somebody's either going to be that defensive end crashing or the safety in the B-gap. Either way, the safety has to come down. Like, they know that now. And why does that matter? Because that means everybody else has to move. And so if I know my defensive tackle is going to try to cross my face, I can now adjust for that. And when I adjust for that, like we do here, we get a great lane, 62, coming over for New England, has been a great player for the Kansas City Chiefs, really solidified their line. Gets up the linebacker fast. Pacheco's a hard runner, man. And it's just little plays like that. It's just the smarts, right? Creed Humphrey, those guys, smart players, well-coached players, understand that's you're just giving away information there for the Jacksonville Jaguars by not shifting late. Go across in motion. And this is, even with Chad Henney at quarterback, you've got a, you've got a, 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 a tight look over here with nine. Kelsey's hipped off. Kelsey's really not in a position to go backside here because he's too close to Wiley. But if you look on the left side of the line, 77, man-on-man, -man, center and left guard have a double team up to 23. 
right guard and right tackle have a double team up to the other uh, the linebacker over in the a gap and kelsey and nine like this the the leverage points are very very user friendly here for the offensive line you really look at it from the center or excuse me from the right tackle over to the left of the right tackle this is really five on five blocking there's no man to account for pacheco great job backside by wiley number 77 with his first step good cutoff Hard cut by Pacheco, downfield, excellent, excellent, excellent job. So you got a bunch look up top. Trish, I think that Chad, I think that's the play Chad Henney won the game for him two years ago on a fourth and one. I think it was still, the, it was the sprint out, sprint right, sprint out, right? Sprint right, what was it, sprint right flood? What was it called? Sprint right, yeah, sprint right something. Sprint right option. Jeez, oh, Pete's. Let's look, look here at another running play. So this play should not exist. They do a great job. So 62 and 70 and 70 and uh, Orlando Brown Jr. are going to fake a double team and let this guy go. They're not even going to block him. And the motion man is going to come across, receive this, and actually lose ground by three yards and still be able to make this play. Speed and athleticism. Not a great play, but just like just the idea that they even try that and not block the three technique, you usually not block the defensive end, but to not block the three technique, knowing that he's going to shoot out, the defensive end will read. If, you're, if your tackle leaves, your defensive end will try to close down. This guy just shoots, doesn't even care about it. Unbelievable. They motion out. And what happens in these situations when you've got your backup quarterback in, your offensive line, hey, we need we need a little bit more out of you. Running back, we need a little bit. We need to lean on the running game. Something like Pacheco just makes a play. I didn't know this dude ran a four three nine, by the way, but you see it here. Fantastic job by the tight end. Fantastic job by eighty three motioning over. They're going to basically have a C block here with seventy seven Wiley on the defensive end up. And watch what he does. He sees this guy slamming in late. Boom. That right there makes the play. They have nowhere to go. It's just a car crash up here that Pacheco's got to navigate around. And that guy should come in and make the play. 83 does such a heads-up job of just stopping momentum. And long enough, the 37 can't make the play. Gets all the way down inside the five-yard line. Now, this is another thing you just didn't see back in the day. The center, left guard, and left tackle are almost going to, like, pass it and let their guys go upfield. Right guard, right tackle, all the tight ends over on the other side are going to try to create this wall. You see these two lanes where basically – the running back can just sidestep and try to beat one player, ends up not beating him, gets him down to the one-yard line. Then, of course, we've got a great pick play. You can pick within one yard of the line of scrimmage, and you can see – put this back out. I think this is Smith-Schuster. Look at this one more time. He goes straight, straight makes a uh, – skin. he makes a 90-degree turn so he can get his one-yard easy pick. Easy touchdown. Chad Haney comes in. Nothing changes. Chiefs are really, really good. Um, but the Bengals, for me, are Bengals are too good. And this is a tough tape to watch because of the snow. By the way, it looked like, for my money, it looked like the, the, the Buffalo Bills were on the road and they had no idea what cleats to wear. It looks like they were just very uncertain with their footwork. Very uncertain with, like, they were almost on their toes the whole time. So this is the first drive for the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, it just kind of shows you what, what kind of player – really Joe, they're dealing with in Joe Burrow. So they've got trips right. 
they're just going to pick on the nickel corner. And if he steps out, they're just going to throw it to the inside slot. If he steps up, they're going to throw it to the slot. It's a very, very simple play. Everybody does it. They're not trying to overthink things. Joe Burrow just makes a simple throw, keeps his guy clean, keeps his guy safe. They look at, you know, you're looking at a team with three down, three defensive linemen, excuse me, three offensive linemen out of the starting lineup. Let's say first off, let's just give uh, some credit to <clears throat> let's give some credit first and foremost to uh, their left tackle who had, I think it was his first game, Jackson Carmen, number 79. This guy, we'll highlight him a couple times. This guy played his ass off. I mean, he had a phenomenal day. Their whole team, the, the offensive line played well. There's conditions that are created by Joe Burrow and the D, and the, the skill positions that allow these guys to have a, a really advantageous series of positions to be in, and they executed well. Max Sharping, like you know, cast away from Houston, didn't work out for him at right or left guard uh, in Houston last year. He's here playing and playing at a pretty high level. Did a great job against Ed Oliver yesterday, who gave the Green Bay Packers, for anybody who doesn't remember, gave the Green Bay Packers fits at the guard position. But you look at this defense, you have six blockers and a running back. So seven players plus the, plus Joe Burrow, they only have six in the box. I mean, the when I talk about advantageous positions, they don't even block this right. And you're still getting up on the linebacker and being able to fall forward for five. And that's what Joe Burrow, that's the power of Joe Burrow pre-snap. You don't have to, you don't have to do a ton of, they have these plays, they have the, they have motion plays, they have checks where they'll go into empty. They have the plays, but they can also sit back and just, he can go, oh, there's, there's going to be five in the box right now. There's going to be six in the box right now. Or are you going to motion a safety into the box and motion the linebacker out? We'll take it. You see, they're just using leverage. They ended up stacking these receivers on on the on the exit. We're just going to get one guy going to the post, one guy going to the corner. He's going to run like a sale seven, and he's got outside leverage on his defender already. You see the safety so far back, and he's still backpedaling. Never going to be able to make this break. Joe Burrow makes the easy plays look easy. Like that that ball is that should I shouldn't say that's not an easy ball, but he makes all these plays look easy. He doesn't have any fumble ups. Great little toss play. Look how far they can get before he even gets touched. Again, we're talking about that right guard coming in as a backup for Alex Kappa, Max Sharping. Just does a great job against Ed Oliver, who's their best run defender. And like we know that these guys were missing Von Miller. We know that Jordan Phillips hasn't been healthy. He's, you know, he was back this week, but now you got a double team with your right tackle and your tight end. The other tight end has can 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 hit out. You got a double team backside. Max has to do his job here on a toss and they have a great play. Safety doesn't can't get down there in time. He's got an easy 9-yard pickup. Great job. All the rest of those blocks are relatively like they have numbers this entire game. You look how far back those safeties are. They're worried about they're worried about the, the power of these uh, these wide receivers. We got an empty look now. They've got everybody up. Joe Burrow's going to get pressured off the left side with a free runner. Doesn't even worry about the laces. Just gets rid of the ball. 
again, these are the plays. Like, what's the difference between Joe Burrow and everybody else to me? He doesn't miss that play. He just doesn't miss it. Especially in, in come playoff time, this play, as simple as it seems, right? He knows the guy's hot. Get rid of it. Ball's ugly. Ball's a duck. Gets right to where it needs to be on time. Guy turns around, turns it into a seven-yard gain, no problem. So they check. Everybody splits out. They go trips to the left. And it's not like the Bengals didn't create any pressure, but when they did create pressure, eyes go to the flat. Burrow looks for his guy who's open by 20 yards. Walks into the end zone. And this is this kind of player is now we were talking about Jackson Carmen earlier. So he passes off this TE. Passes the guy down. Gets his hand on the safety. That's a monster play. It seems like nothing. That is a monster play for him. We talked about, I think, the, let me get the numbers right here so I don't mess this up. But I believe the Bengals ran for 172 yards, 5.1 yards per carry, 34 rushes. Okay. Offensive line's doing great. Absolutely. They motion across. Tremaine Edwards is now almost effectively out of the box. This is number seven. Number seven is the nickelback. His name is Teron Johnson. I'm guessing he goes about 200 pounds, probably less. He is now the main second-level defender in the box play side. That is a huge problem when you're pulling 77. Easy run. Now, one thing that separates the Bengals right now, and again, this is why I think that so much of this team is every one of their guys is willing to do dirty work. Jamar Chase is a superstar. Higgins is a superstar. These guys go down. Crack on the defensive end. Pull around. And then Tremaine Edwards is in a bad situation here. But this is that guy again. Left tackle. Absolutely obliterates him. Skates. That's a great, I can't tell you what a good feeling that is as an offensive lineman. You get to hold somebody like that, throw them on the ground to spring a play like that. Maybe one more here. They got a trips look and they lead with that tight end who's just a little bit deeper off the hip than normal. This is. Where if you were to say, hey, the Bengals had a really good game up front, I would point to this play in particular. This is the hardest thing for an offensive line to do. And it's just like, essentially, you have to single block guys on the line of scrimmage, including those two linebackers who one of them is an all-pro, the other one could be. But you have to single block all of them. You're booking the uh, defensive end on the left side of the screen. You have a lead blocker just to kind of clean everything up. Bust out of the hole. 12, 15-yard game. Fantastic. Bill's defense. Early in the game, you know, Roger Saffold's a good player. Uh, I think they have a miscommunication here with the center. I think the center leaves probably too, too much space. They get in there and just disrupt the quarterback. And this is what you see with Josh Allen recently. A lot of, you know, the ball's on the ground a lot, obviously. But he's not making great reads. Here's one thing the Bengals did do that I thought was fantastic. The Bengals start with eight in the box, and they're not rotating safeties as much. So basically what I mean by that is 
as you see, like the Buffalo Bills, if they go across or a lot of other teams, they're trying to motion these guys back and forth, trying to create different looks. You remember, it's like snowing outside. You can't see it on the field but, or on the screen, but it's like it's really ugly outside. You're trying to you're kind of disoriented. They're allowing everybody to play with eyes to the quarterback. And the, all the pressure that they're bringing, they're going to bring it from the box. So this it, this doesn't look like anything particular. Like we showed earlier how if you leave that hole, then the, then the offensive line knows that there's somebody there. The guy is up there already. So whether they're going to slant, whether he's going to come or not, like all those things mean something different to Josh Allen contextually because he doesn't get a running start. So while you think he might not be hiding it as well, for us, it's actually harder to read. We just talked about the wide receivers for the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Now watch the Cincinnati Bengals DBs on the Buffalo wide receivers. Right past him, tackle for loss. Right? It's just a mentality that seems like these guys turn on with Lou Rumo at the, at the helm there. Really fantastic job. And just little things like this with Josh Allen. As good as he is, as good as he's been, he's an MVP candidate every, every year he's going to play. You know, you run four verticals and a check down and nobody's open. Like, throw the ball. Like, this is, this is what kind of happened. He feels like when you're watching this game, he's holding the ball longer than he should. The check down's open now. He's got five yards of distance. But you keep holding on to this ball too long, and finally you decide to get rid of it. And it's just, you know, it can be a half a second, one second, but you get nothing out of it. And this is kind of what happened, I think, for the majority of the game with, with, the, with the Buffalo Bills. Eagles win big. I think it was 38-7. to 38-7 to versus the Giants. And what do you say about these guys? I mean, watch this play is ridiculous. So the Eagles are going to pull the right guard and right tackle, and they're going to essentially run a read off an option off of 55 or 57. It really is 57. I don't even think you're reading 55. You look at Jalen Hurts' eyes. And they're basically, we're not even going to block the defensive end, and he's going to run right across his face and just out-leverage him with speed for a 15-yard gain. Unbelievable. Look at a couple different plays here. So this is a third and three look. They go in motion. And we'll show this from the, the, the back of the end zone. Lane Johnson, we talked about this in our preview show. He's one of the best tackles in the league. And Lane Johnson sees two outside. Two outside means that the, ins the inside of those outside guys are going to try to cut across his face. Because he knows that, he's prepared. He stops him from getting across the face. When you stop somebody from getting to their gap, you create huge holes in the defense. That's what Lane does. That's why he's fist pumping right here. He's very excited, deservedly so. Now, the Eagles have been the quarterback sneak team in the National Football League this year. I didn't know Dallas Goddard was about this life, number 88, the tight end for, for the Eagles. So they run the fake, and they pitch it out. Goddard here, I've, I had no idea. Oh, I just had no idea he was about that life. We'll see this from the end zone. So they have done this great job. Everybody submarines. Jalen stays low. They get six and, and 88 to push. You see that 14 is offset here already, but probably nobody even probably notices it because this is what they do every single time. It's a little bit of a head start and just lights that dude up. Their offense is fun to watch, man. They executed a, a really, really high level. This is something that's different for offensive line coaches. A lot of these plays, this is plays all over the internet because Jason Kelsey uh, 
gets his inside, his snap hand inside on 71 and buries him. The other thing that happens here is, is Dickerson doesn't touch the left guard. He takes a longer route because the, the, bat, the ball's coming across the quarterback's face and make sure not to touch 71 so that Kelsey can push him outside. He can rise up on 54. 54 is going to try to backdoor this because of where the entry point for the running back is, and they end up popping it outside. Great little changeup, so they don't double team. He gets out of the way. 54 is going to try to backdoor, pops it outside. Ex literally exactly how you drew it up. Now you look at, from a, a play action and pass standpoint, They've always got the linebackers in, in advantageous positions because you have to respect the run so much. They always are like pulling a guard or doing something from the play action standpoint where it's difficult to read what's going on. And now they had too high safety. The safety had to cut across on the, on the under dig route. And so now you've got Malcolm Smith running against a safety into open space with nobody there. And the safety's backpedaling. And there's just literally no chance of him not making this play as long as Jalen Hurts puts the ball in, a, in an advantageous position. It's too much speed, too much space. You see the polar guard. He's got plenty of time to throw. Great pocket. And you see, this is what we've seen all year from these guys. You know, this is not, really comes as no surprise. You got two by two. 13 personnel. 13 personnel, they go play action. And again, because they go man and play action, everybody loses. They go man on the outside. Safety's reading the tight end, but he's starting 15 yards off the ball. And so if you make that kind of an out route instead of, or a sale route instead of a corner route, there's just no way, if you have a competent quarterback like Jalen Hurts, there's just no way you're not going to complete that pass. This is my favorite play that they always run. It's just a very old school RPO. Run it, bang, run like a little, not really an arrow route, almost like a little Texas route here with the tight end. And then the last game of the weekend, Niners really pull off what I would call a team win. 19 to 12. It speaks volumes about, I think, not only how good the Niners are, but the same things keep popping up with the Dallas Cowboys. Let's start with the Niners. Dallas Cowboys defense played really, really well. So DeMarcus Lawrence, this guy's like one of those underrated dudes I have seen this year. I've broken down five or six games for the Dallas Cowboys. And he's the guy that I mean, I know Micah Parsons is the defensive, you know, player of the year candidate and all this. Like, this is the guy that stands out for me every single time. Just dominates the line of scrimmage, dominates tackles, tight ends. Right here, Kyle Yushek. So we showed last week how great the Niners are at using Yushek and, and Kittle. So they take Kittle and they outside release him and they just want to slam uh Demarcus Lawrence with Yushek. DeMarcus Lawrence puts Juszczyk in the backfield and forces Christian McCaffrey to cut early. The, the Dallas Cowboys, for a large part of this game, were playing on the Niners' side of the line of scrimmage. They did a phenomenal job attacking and being an attacking defense. I wanted to show this to Tyron Smith, who's uh, going to be a, probably a Hall of Famer. Came back, he's playing right tackle now. 
Bosa's got this really great outside hand, one, two, three, tries to come inside and bowlers that inside hand. And Tyron Smith just goes, nah, I don't think so. I mean, that's that's just that's old, good old fashioned man strength right there. Unbelievable. So what did the, the San Francisco 49ers said, okay, if you don't want us to uh if you don't think that George Kittle and Yuschek are going to get the job done against our guys, then we'll just pull Big Trent Williams and and our, our left guard. Like we have something for you, right? We're gonna keep running the same kind of stuff, same kind of, you know, the same the blocking schemes don't change play side. It's just who's gonna pull. Get a nine yard pickup. And off of that, they run a play action where they pull the guard, the linebacker to bite. Kittle's got leverage on his defender. They were kind of like stick nine look, first down. Great, great stuff. We'll go to the Cowboys side. This this game was back and forth. That was zero. Ended up in a punt. You just kind of see the way they're, the, the both teams are thinking about the game. This is Bosa right here. So Bosa reads crack and actually steps outside the crack block, taking two. And now Fred Warner just slips underneath his crack, makes the play at the line of scrimmage. These guys are ferocious, man. They are They're defensively are just next, next level. Dallas Cowboys came to play. Joe Philbin's a great line coach. This double team here is fantastic. Knocking the guy off the ball. I mean, this was a very, very well-contested game. I mean, really, this comes down to Dak Prescott just didn't play as well as the rookie Brock Purdy. He had two turnovers, and that's why they lost. But this was an extremely uh, you know, well-fought football game. Really, really fun to watch. You see, we talk about playing on their side of the line of scrimmage. That's, you know, that's the Marcus against Trent Williams. Pushing him back. Forcing George Kittle. Now, this play we saw last week with Christian McCaffrey for a huge run down the left side. Exact same scenario. Except Debo Samuels in the backfield now. We're going to get Juszczyk trying to crack block the linebacker. But because of the penetration over here, there's just nowhere to go from the guard and the tackle position. We do get the crack, but everyone's down. They did such a good job, they being the Dallas Cowboys, of attacking the edges and really forcing – the ball back inside, especially early in the game, the first half. You see more penetration on McGlinchke, takes poor footwork, being forced to down block here, not getting a lot of help from the right guard because they're in their three-man, their bear look. So he has to go down and catch. Again, attacking the edges, getting penetration, stopping guys from making smooth runs. Now, Niners try to get him back into a position where they have to put five on the line of scrimmage, Vanderesh being the outside guy. They have eight in the box. It's actually a better run formation for the San Francisco 49ers because the angles are now better because they can get double teams at specific positions. So now we bring Juszczyk and Kittle around, but because we're getting that great double and Vanderesh is on the end of the line of scrimmage, Kittle can block him all day. And then probably, the, you know, the play of the weekend from Purdy, probably his fifth read. Kittle makes a great play, makes it look pretty hard. And then I think we see another great double team here. Getting blown off the ball five yards deep, number 97. Turn the wrong way. 
This is kind of where the tide turns, I think, on this drive. This is the play of the game. Why? Demarcus Lawrence gets a sack. There's great pressure all around from Parsons and company. But we get a holding call. George Kittle gets, I forget, I think it was six, gets caught for a holding. They get a first down. A couple plays later, they pull Big Trent again. Different formation, same result. They're just going to double pull. 42 wants none of that. Not much you can do when Trent Williams is coming at you like that. This is a fantastic play, and everyone's going to talk about how Dak almost gave up a safety. And, and honestly, he would have given up a safety if Armstead was at all not or not at all worried about getting a, a flag or some you know nonsense penalty for roughing the passer. But watch the center. So this is a designed play by Dak. So they are dropping back, and now he is going to roll out to buy time and watch what the center does to 97. I mean, just absolutely. And look, it's not like a tough guy player or anything. It's just kind of funny. Your offensive lineman, man, you like seeing guys getting free shots. And then right here, you just can't even like if I'm if I'm on the Dallas Cowboys sideline and I see that play, I just, you, you got to ask yourself, like, what does Dak do? Like, you throw the ball away, right? There's no scenario. He should have took a safety there. I mean, but it, nine times out of ten, he's getting safety there. It's like he didn't do anything magical here. He just got very, very lucky that Armstead didn't want to get a penalty. I thought this was a huge play. Goes to the sideline. And Dalton Schultz, I've been singing his praises all year. And the tight ends, all the tight ends, and their ability to make plays and kind of their effectiveness in the run and pass game. And I, to me, they're the glue of the Dallas Cowboys offense, to be honest. Um, doesn't get his foot in. Really, really surprising there. Didn't get his foot in. And so now, you know, Dallas Cowboys and, you know, if, hey, sum up the Dallas Cowboys season in one play, it's like, I don't know what we're doing here. It looks like, and I, you know, I'm no expert, but it looks like I think I'm gonna I'm going to take a shot here and say that these offensive linemen, they're not allowed to run until the ball's thrown. So you think you might think, well, why aren't they blocking for that guy? It's like they can't go anywhere until the ball's thrown, right? They have three yards or something, like two and a half yards. So I just don't know. Not that they were going to score there, but that didn't. You know, it seemed like you, know, you go, okay, maybe Kellen Moore's got something dialed up, and this is they've been working on this special play, and then that's the one they pull out. I don't know. We're going to talk about this a lot with Amon when you get back on Thursday. Um, look, the bottom line is, what, what, like, what did you learn this weekend? I learned that Joe Burrow's. To me, the best quarterback in the National Football League. I th well, I've, I think I've been saying that for a, a couple months now, actually since last season, just what he's able to do with the resources that he has. He's the first guy, it breaks my heart, but he's the first guy that kind of shows you, like, you don't need an elite-level offensive line. If you are that good at the quarterback position, you have that good of a receiver core, and, and Joe Mixon, all those guys are, are really good. Tight ends, of, you know, elite-level tight end. But you look at the rest of these teams, and the things they can do in the run and the pass game, you look at look at specifically the Niners and the Eagles. They are just special. They're special up front. In the case of the Eagles, all five guys could be Pro Bowl players, if not all pros. If you look at the Niners, they got the best, you know, 
Trent Williams is a Hall of Fame tackle. And they got four other guys that are just pretty solid dudes, not, not elite by any means, but then they have just elite level tight end, fullback. And then they have, you know, uh, two guys, Debo and Christian McCaffrey, that can literally go play any position. I can do it all for the wide receiver position. All of them are not afraid to block and get their hands dirty. Purdy's playing at a high level. So you see what the capabilities are there. And, and then you look at the Kansas City Chiefs and their offensive lines, particularly the interior of their offensive line now, is high, high level uh, with Creed Humphreys leading the way at the center position. Obviously, the elite level quarterback, probably the MVP this year, Patrick Mahomes. He's hurt. We'll talk about that later on, on Thursday. But Pacheco finding him in the middle of the season and what he's been able to do, they're going to have to go the distance against a good deep, uh, a good Bengals team. I mean, it's just it's it's fun to watch. It's literally, you got I, I see you have three teams that are kind of similar in the way that they approach the game. We're going to be creative. We're going to run and pass. We're going to do all this stuff. And then you've got Joe Burrow, who is not as much motion, is not as much pre, a lot of pre-snap adjustments, but all his he's going to make 99% of his decisions and know exactly what he's going to do before the ball snap. I think those other guys, to some extent, they can all do that, but he is next level elite when it comes to just pocket presence and playing within the confines and structure of the offense at the highest, highest level. He has like a PhD in Zach Taylor's offense. Right. And I think these guys, other guys are really good at some things and they might be better players than him in the, in the, you know, the, in the big picture, like Patrick, it's hard to argue that anybody's better than Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes is so good at what he does in addition to pocket presence. And so it'd be interesting as he's injured now and all that discussion for a later time. Again, it's fun to always think about, you know, when you look at your team and you look at the Green Bay Packers, for example, and you look at these offenses and defenses and what they're doing and how like some things look so easy, especially when you go back and look at it in film, sticking with a concept or a theme for like a quarter or a half or, and then just building everything off that and then having an answer. For example, going with Kittle and Juszczyk, realizing that Demarcus Lawrence isn't about that at all and is going to play on their side of the line of scrimmage. Understand we're going to need double teams inside because our guys can't block their guys one-on-one. And so we're going to start pulling our big guys. We're going to get more double teams with right guard, right tackle, left guard, left tackle. Stop trying to single block. And we're going to use our size and now go downhill with a guy like Debo, a guy like Christian McCaffrey. Like these are little adjustments that are made in the game. They're all in the playbook, but you just got to see what's going to work best for you in the moment. So interesting stuff. Um, we'll be back on Thursday. Again, we're sponsored by Bet Online AG. Thank you for that. And Aman will be back. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.